Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Studs Show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Calamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad with your breakfast toast. Happy Football Friday. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Amo Calamino here with you to bring you the weekend of football action. College football and NFL football on tap here for us for the next hour. Then I kick Amo out of here and we talk high school football for the next 30 minutes. Amo, how do you feel about getting bounced at 11 a.m.? Yeah, you know, this is like a programming change that management made, and I I really (laughs) I'm troubled with that, but... I mean, I have to accept it or they'll cut my pay. Hey, you know how it goes, man. High school football is on tap today. We must talk about it, but I will at the top of the hour. Uh, I'm going to have Joshua Wilson on from FloridaHSFootball.com. Plenty of things to talk about there. There's a big Hallandale versus uh, St. Thomas matchup going down tonight. We talk about Flanagan's loss last week. Talk a little bit about officiating, which has uh, been a problem, and uh, some other Big thing. No, the officials are. PSA. Wait, say that again. The officials have been a problem. The officials have been a major problem, uh, according to many down here. You know, I've seen a lot oh, of high school officials. I thought days. maybe you meant like college or NFL officials, because we oh, know no, they never they never school. mess no, up. Talk, talking high school, high school okay. officiating has been a problem. Uh, see if I can get some folks to chime in here a little bit about it, because we'll talk about it uh, during our high school football section. Here, but before we get to all that, I will have Peter Riz on at 11 a.m. to talk Miami Hurricanes football. What was the uh, deal with the game last week? Fan reaction, banners flying, uh, an injury where a player was airlifted to Jackson, so we have some things to talk about there. Uh, but Emil and I are going to talk college football. We're going to talk NFL football, preview some games, give you some picks. Last night, Emil, now, uh, you know, I did a show yesterday. I don't know if you were listening, like the humble servant of the Gridiron Stud show that you should be. I, okay, I did not listen to You don't to have to answer yesterday. that. You don't I'm have sorry. To, I, well, I had to answer it. I, I had to earn a living. You underpay um, me. Okay. Oh, well, my my bad. I, I, I Your pay comes out of mine. So, okay. There you go. <laughs> um, uh, I talked last night and kind of poo-pooed the uh, college football matchup saying, hey, I really wish they had better matchups on Thursday night in college football. I feel like college football is a little afraid of going head-to-head with the NFL, so we get, you know, uh, something lesser, not your marquee teams, which, you know, if you're honest and you're from Cincinnati or Memphis, you do have to realize you're not the marquee teams. You're not from one of the Power Five contests, so I kind of – Took a piss, if you will, on the Cincinnati-Memphis matchup. And Damon Amel, if that wasn't the most exciting game of the college football season. So well, wait I a second. Time out. It was, it was about as exciting. You know, I thought, I thought when I saw the scores rolling, I thought Memphis and Cincinnati decided to hook up for an early basketball game. Because that's about Amel, the score the of a Cincinnati basketball game. Large. The general public at large in this day and age, they are in love with offense. And you got all that you ever 
could want. You had a team that piled up 720-plus yards of offense and was the loser in that battle. You had a backup quarterback come in, throw for 557 yards. Amel, he threw for, he threw for 557 yards in three quarters, Mike. Well, man. I'm sorry. I'm not the general public, so I'm going to have to poo-poo the whole idea that that was great football because I, I can't get down with that. <laughs> you sound like an SEC fan here this morning, and no, you're just I'm totally just, listen, pissing, you're pissing in our cornflakes. We want offense, damn it. We want touchdowns scored, and here you are. I read an article last guard. week on ESPN or CBS where one of these college defensive coordinators basically said, he said, you know, years ago, if you were giving up – because if you were at a power school, you know, whatever, the Alabamas, the Floridas, the USC's, and you're giving up 24 points in a game, you were mad. He goes, in today's probably game... probably close to losing a job or something like that. Right. He goes, in today's game, if you can give up 24 points in a game, you're actually doing pretty good usually. Yeah, consider that a complete and total victory. Uh, let, let me give you the damage on this game yeah, last give night. Give me the damage. I saw some of the game. I was flipping back and forth. I admit, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm a junkie. I had a, I had to see what was going on. So, for the love of God, um, you know, let me let me try and find some stuff here for you right now. Right now, though, um, ESPN's acting up on me. For you want me to find right, it? Yeah, because you know, I, I, I could do that. I, I got it. I got it. Hold on here. Let's see if we could find. I mean, they may have. They may still be adding up. <laughs> they might, uh, listen, the there may be went. an accountant there saying, "Wait, okay, wait, two or three yards here, okay." You know, I mean, there may be somebody still adding the the offense. I up mean, there. these are eye popping numbers. Okay, first of all, uh, you know, uh, Gunnar Keel started off the game. I think he did the whole first quarter. He ended up getting uh, hit pretty hard. Hit his head on the ground. He actually got hit by uh, a kid I've trained uh, on several occasions. Are you bragging or? No, not, not bragging, although the kid played pretty well last night. And you know what? He went in there and played football, okay? On that play, uh, Gunnar Kiel's rolling out. He's trying to run with the football. He's turning up in the alley. The cornerback's coming from the outside, and, you you know, you need to tackle. You need to tackle a guy. So he went in. Gunnar Kiel starts to slide. You have no idea of knowing how low the guy's going to be. No. Some of these people that complain about this have never played the game and don't understand just how no, fast it's, it's moving. it's moving pretty fast. Out there. And he I mean, went in know, with a shoulder, and it was shoulder-to-shoulder sure. contact, and it happened to be at a high speed. So uh, Keel, upper body, moved pretty fast, and I guess he hit his head on the ground. And then, you know, it was a little bit of a scary moment anytime you have someone lose consciousness on the field, which it appeared that he did. And uh, he was carted off, and it seems that he's going he's gonna to make a full recovery, and everything's okay there. So I just wanted Good. to say that up front. Nevertheless, he goes out of the game having passed for 63 yards through the – through uh, most of the first quarter, and it's backup. Hayden Moore comes in. You think backup comes in, you're probably going to run the ball a little bit more, be a little bit more conservative with your passing. Hell no, 53 attempts for the young man, 557 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Wow. And, like, uh, look, team stats, okay, 752. So I sold these guys short. 752 total yards for Cincinnati last night. A mere 570 from Memphis. I don't know what they were doing. Totally underperforming. Um, Totally underperforming. They should be embarrassed. Ridiculous. And then on top of that, you had 20 penalties in this contest and uh, five turnovers between the two teams. Uh, 11 lead changes, I believe. So, hey, I poo-pooed it, but for the general fan out there, it was a very, very exciting uh, contest for them. And, and, And then that's what you had. And then over on the NFL game, 
you had the Giants and the uh, Redskins that started off a little humble with some safeties and field goals, and then, I don't know, someone on the sideline flipped to the the uh, Cincinnati-Memphis game and thought maybe we need to keep up with what the college guys are doing, and then we just had a rash of touchdowns and uh, all kind of stuff going on towards the end of the game. And I don't know. The, I expected the Giants to win. I did say so yesterday. But what's the, what's going on with their management of football games? Well, how's that did, happen? Did you, did you happen to see my to note? It. I had no idea what Tom I saw your was note. doing. I saw your note. I didn't see it happen, but, you know, I know you gave me an accurate description. Yeah, there, I'm that's sitting cool there hard. watching the game, and I had to put this up on Facebook because the Redskins score, and, I mean, at this point, you kind of had a feeling the Giants were going to win the game, but you never know. It's the NFL, okay? So the kid from the Redskins, I, you know, I guess if you replay it, he probably hit his leg down at the half-yard line. The NFL reviews every scoring play automatically. So it's mm. not a play that you can challenge. You can't throw the flag. If you do throw the flag, you lose a timeout. What does Tom Coughlin mm. do when they don't when they don't stop the play and say that it, you know he's down at the half yard line? He throws the flag. The ref comes over, says, "Coach, you can't challenge that. You lose a timeout." Now it didn't hurt the Giants in this game, but it seems like they really on the sidelines don't have their act together because in a tight ball game. That timeout could be huge. You can't challenge it. It doesn't matter. You can jump up and down. It's almost like baseball now. When they go to the review, even if the review, and they get the reviews wrong sometimes. I mean, I'm telling you, I've Mm. seen stuff where you're sitting there going, unless the guy up in that booth is blind, that didn't happen that way. It doesn't matter. The manager can come out and yell at the umpire all he wants. Same thing here. Okay, it doesn't matter. this, Emil, is three straight weeks of something along those lines with, with the New York Giants. I mean, uh, Coughlin's been around football forever. Uh, he's probably been coaching his game longer than you and I have been alive. Do the Giants need to hire someone just to handle these situations? Well, I mean, what the heck is going on? Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, he's a, listen, I'm not going to go sit here and light him up because he's had a great career, but at some point you start to wonder, okay, maybe it's just, maybe it's getting stale for him. In other words, maybe, you know, maybe they need to start looking in a in a different direction. Well, I'm sure that talk will be louder than it's ever been, and it's been out well, there before. But it's not just that play. I think you know what I mean. I mean, I think just there's there's just a, a, a tone there that maybe he's, you know, that's that's your main job, in my opinion, as a coach. Those kind of things. I mean, if you're a walk around, yeah, if you're coach, not calling plays for crying out loud. You well, know. you know, on this show, neither you nor I endorse anything other than we like the walk around coach. We we don't like the coach who's calling plays and defenses and offenses. We want the guy managing the team in the game we've all you i think you and i both agree there that's his yeah, job definitely that's his yeah, job definitely and yeah if, i mean everyone else is caught up but that's part of your job um no doubt about that you have to pay attention to those things you've got to manage the game your offensive coordinator calls a plays. defensive coordinator calls a plays. special teams coordinator does what he does there you have to pay attention to these things and so that falls directly in the lap of uh, Tom Coughlin. You know, everything that happens to the New York Giants on the field essentially goes back to Tom Coughlin. But this directly goes to you. Management of timeouts, situations at the end of the game, you got to be on top of that. And if the Giants are going to continue to mess things up, then, you know, the noise about this needing to be the end of Coughlin's run in New York is only going to get louder. And, you know, if they don't get to the playoffs this year, uh, the talk on that's going to be louder. Than and, you know, that's, that's huge, you know, and I think well, I know you understand this, obviously, but a lot of fans don't. A lot of people see football as just purely brute force, you know, almost like uh, – 
almost like MMA fighting. In other words, you know, if you're bigger, faster, tougher, you should win. And that's part of football, but it's a game. It's like anything else. There's strategy in football, no different than there is in basketball or baseball. And that's one component. Like the Patriots are very good at those kind of situations. That's why they win a lot. And, and if you're not, that's part of losing a game. Time management is, is as important as blocking. Uh, no doubt, because you can lose it. And listen, the best quote I've heard so far this year and maybe in several years is the one Tony Romo had at the end of the Dallas Cowboys-New York Giants game where he says, in this league, it comes down to the final eight minutes every week, and you either want to be in that situation or you don't. And just to add to what he said there, you either thrive in those situations and you know what to do in those situations or you don't, and that really separates the winners and the losers in this league. Is that final eight minutes, what do you do? Yes, How I do mean, you handle it? As a matter of fact, every game that you watch – in, in football these days, in NFL, basically every game. If there's 15 games a week, I'll say at least 10 or 11. The game's decided in the second half of the fourth quarter. It really is. Yes. Yes. Uh, your adjustments out of the locker room. Wait, first of all, it's your game plan that you come out with. Then it's your adjustments coming out of the locker room, and it's how you handle those final eight minutes. If I have a lead... Do I protect the football? Do I run some time off the clock? Do I smother the other team with, you know, with the clock? Um, if I'm in a head-to-head battle, things are evened up. Can I sustain drives? Can I get in a scoring position? Can I effectively manage my timeouts and put my team in a position to win? And it just – those are the things that it comes down to in the final eight minutes because the league has the parity, and uh, everything is – you know, there's there's – not much margin for error in this league, so you have to manage those eight final eight minutes effectively. And you know, and managing you just made some good points. Managing the the game itself is before well before that. You know, there's certain there's strategies throughout a game that either help you shorten a game or you know different things you can do with that. Re, you know, respect to that, where you know you could end up leaving time on the clock at the end of a game, not necessarily by things you did in the second half of the fourth quarter, but by dumb calls you made in the third quarter. You know, you know, yep. you know where I'm going with that. I mean, it's a it's a complete yes. strategy, and some coaches are good at it, and some really aren't. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that that's again what separates. We've seen teams. You know, we've watched enough football um, to 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 have seen teams consistently mess that up. And the Giants are in danger of being well, about, that, that team. Speaking of that, how about a couple of years ago where you almost had to talk me off my house? I think it was that. It was that. I'll never forget it. It was that Cowboys Lions game four years ago. Uh, and, I mean, you know, before I make fun of him, he's really grown a lot as a coach. But Garrett was new to this whole thing. Um, he was, you know, kind of in between what he wanted to be. It was 2011, I think it was. Dallas led 27-3 in the third quarter. And Romo throws a pass. It gets tipped, intercepted, return, touchdown. Next possession, another another deal like that. Tip, intercept, return, touchdown. Before you know it, they took a game that they should have cakewalked 27-3 in the third quarter at home. It's 27-17. They end up losing the game. I think it was 31 or 34-30. And I'm talking to you. I'm texting you. I'm, I'm like beside myself. I would just run the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's 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 how stupid things become there. So you really do need to manage it. And the, be- the best teams with the best coaches handle that situation. I dare say that that is a, a really, really big part of it for the NFL coach because uh, there's only a handful of them that are really – that have power in the personnel decisions. So outside of that, the biggest impact that you have on a game, um, other than the preparation that you oversee during the week, is what you do 
uh, in those moments and the situations that occur in the game. Because, again, there's a very small margin for error in NFL games. I don't care who you're playing. I mean, the Jaguars beat the Dolphins last week. Um, you know, Oakland went out and beat the Baltimore Ravens. So you can't just look at teams in the league and say, oh, no, they suck. That's a guaranteed win. We just got to roll our helmets out there. No, you got to play every week. Everybody's dangerous in the NFL because, again, yeah. you know, it's not the sound, you know, trite or whatever word you want to use. They're all pros. They all get paid. I mean, at the end of the day, everybody gets a check on Tuesday. So this isn't college. There are no, you know, gimmies, so to speak. I mean, every game you've got professional players that have the ability on, on a Sunday to bring their best game. And if you're not ready, you get beat. Yep. And that's, that's, a, that's exactly what it is. And so we'll watch some of that. And uh, you guys out there listening, um, when you watch games this week, uh, this Sunday in the NFL, just watch. watch. Watch the difference of how teams make decisions in those final eight minutes and watch how it determines the outcome of games. Um, you'll be amazed by it, and that's really how that goes. All right, we're going to jump into our first break. When we get back, we go full headlong into college football. Uh, another week of great matchups coming up. Eamon and I will preview that. And we'll also have our picks. We know you've been waiting for them. We'll have that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. And I know she'll be the death of me. At least we'll both be numb. And she'll always get the best of me. The worst is yet to come. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We got people visiting. We got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. They hating on me or something. You know I got to be something in the mix. On the Gridiron Stud Show, it's Football Friday. It's the day you've all been waiting for. You know, you know, I'm, this is why the football season goes by so quickly. Because on Monday, all we're doing is uh, we're in a rush to get to Friday. 
and uh, get the football weekend started. And then, you know, things just it fly really, by. It things does really fly by, doesn't it? Yes, it goes rather, rather quickly. And uh, so here we are already. This is week number four, is four it? Four of college, college football. football. Week number three, NFL. It's crazy. It's just blowing by here. We played a quarter of the Maybe we need Trump NFL to start team. another football league rather than run for president because he had that spring no, league with no. USFL. Can we do that? Um, uh, no. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, I don't. No, man. No more no. spring football? You know, which kind of brings up something. Um, you know, a kid from, from uh, Cincinnati scored last night, and he yeah. did, I swear to you, a half a second. A little celebration. A little boom. A little something. Uh, flag flies. Ridiculous. And, you know, I filmed it, put it up, said this is a flag in college football now. You know, absolutely, positively ridiculous, in my opinion. Not not everyone feels that way. You have people mm-hmm. of the Vince Dooley age, who I've come to learn was part of the uh, uh, rules committee back then. That's you know, he was one of the stalwarts and spearheaded the whole let's get rid of the celebration thing deal. So uh, this kid's flagged. Uh, you know what, man? I'd really love to see celebrations come back to the game of football. You know, and this is a 43-year-old talking to you, so, you know, I should be, uh, I guess, to some people out of that. I'm 47. I'm with you. I mean, look, it, it's a fun game. It's a, it, Games are fun. All, I mean, sports are fun, right? That's what they're supposed to be, at least. I'm right. sick of all I mean, this stuff. I'm sick of it. I, I mean, with football, I'm sick of it with baseball. A guy hits a home run and gets excited, and the pitcher drills him on the next pitch because he's not supposed to act excited when he does something good. What should he do? Yeah, like, uh, what is this? This is not golf. This is not tennis. What's wrong with these people? So, you know, I had a little debate with a guy uh, who got his panties in a bunch today. How about Why, that? He, didn't like, he doesn't like the old celebration. He thinks that's drawing attention I, to yourself. I guess that's w- what he was from. So, you know, how things progress and blossom. Uh, I want to see guys on. have fun. I'm not, now, there's certain things, you know, if you're mocking the opponent or something, that's different. But if you're just like, hey, I scored and I want to dunk the ball over the goal the goalpost. I'm down with that. That's cool. Yeah. Well, listen. I don't know. Can we get into all of that? I don't. I don't know. No. You let's know do what the, the deal is because you and I will be off on a tangent. Yeah, we are. We are. So, uh, people relax. Okay. Let's just uh, jump headlong into this. We've got games tonight: Boise State versus Virginia. I mean, that's that's just your classic border war, there, isn't it? Yeah, right? <laughs> I'll tell you what. I almost made this a pick, and I'm going to tell you something. I love, love, love Friday night underdogs and Thursday night underdogs at home. Oh, you're, you're, you know what you are? You're a closet Virginia fan for some strange odd No, you know, you know, I, you can make fun of me, but I, I think this is a game where if you really look at Virginia, um, they've been in there with some really good teams early in the year. And people are going to look at last week's game. They played, you know, an FCS team, William & Mary, 35-29. That's a struggle. They were coming off that heartbreaker against Notre Dame where the backup quarterback throws a 35-yard touchdown pass with 40 seconds left to break their hearts. I think they weren't really focused last week. Uh, I think Boise will have their attention at home tonight, and I, I like Virginia in this game. I won't make it an official Hey, pick. explain this to me, all right. Uh, Notre Dame needed a, uh, a Hail Mary to beat Virginia. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that what happened? That's how mm-hmm. that went down. Uh, it was more of a, it was a fly. It was a fly pattern. I mean, it was a. It wasn't like a poke and hope. It well, was a thirty-five you know, yard pass. It went down to the final minute. Yes, but yes. they go out and smack Georgia Tech in the face. Explain that one. Well, you can't. That's why the you know the old you know the math property they call a transitive property. Fans try to use that all the time. Like, well, uh, Amel boxed Chad, and Chad beat Amel. 
and then Emil beat Bob. Did you just so, say transitive property? I think yes. the ten high schoolers we got listening to this just disconnected. Well, they can that's learn something. Fun. They can learn. That's called the transitive property. Chad beat Emil in a boxing match. Emil beat Bob, so therefore Chad can beat Bob. That's not necessarily true. It, it not in oh, sport. Oh, this. This little segment right here is sponsored by Excedrin. For all of you oh, that now stop have it already. Stop it. <laughs> Move on to the next game tonight. Stop giving me a hard time. My co-host is an accountant, everyone. Hey, nevertheless, Stanford, on the road after beating USC, does this just, like, does this just speak of underdog? Just whipped USC, got a win that no, no one outside of Palo Alto thought would happen. Now they're a big-time double-digit, more than two-touchdown favorite at Oregon State. It was a little horrible this year, but should Stanford, like, totally be, um, you know, drunk with success t- tonight? Is this a problem? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, yeah, I don't know how good San Jose State is, but last time out, Oregon State beat them as a six-point favorite. Uh, you know, they're home getting more than two touchdowns. If I'm playing this game, I'm not laying two, more than two touchdowns on the road, I can tell you that. Yeah. Uh, you're, either picking, you're either picking Oregon State or you're just not messing with this one or, you know, you're, you're I mean, quote, Stanford's unquote, one a of hard play there for all the reasons you mentioned last week. I mean, you know, they, they won that game. They have Arizona on tap at home with UCLA following them. I have a feeling – uh, that they may not be giving their full attention to Oregon State tonight. You think? I think mm-hmm. that's. I, I, I think it's a really tough one here. So, uh, going to be interesting to say the least to see how that goes down. I really couldn't back Stanford on that one. But nope. let's fly over to Saturday. Saturday early, and I mean early, early, early. And you just came from the West Coast, so you folks out there in the West Coast, before you pour your coffee, BYU is going to be taking on Michigan. It's a 12 p.m. start. Uh, BYU's tough. I mean, whether they have their starting quarterback or not, the Mormons show up and they're ready to play football, and it's going to be uh, very physical. But Michigan and their head coach Jim Harbaugh pride themselves on being physical. So in this very physical matchup, and I'm just trying to see how many times I could use the word physical in describing this game, who comes out on top? Because Michigan's your six-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Uh, something smells funny in this game. Uh, you have BYU, which, you know, Went to the mat with UCLA last week. Really, you know, had a chance to win the ball game. Lost it late by a point. Had two Hail Marys, and that kind of evened itself out. They were just due to lose one of those close games. They won the Nebraska and Boise State games on on long passes at the end. So, uh, you know, the UCLA game is kind of karma. But uh, I have a feeling here, back-to-back road trips, and with the schedule they've played, I mean, the, the, the athletic director at BYU must not like the head coach. At Nebraska, home with Boise State, at UCLA, at Michigan. When he made that schedule, he had no idea Michigan would be in trouble. You know, yeah, uh, I know. It is, it is a very challenging schedule there for BYU, and I think I kind of agree with you there. I kind of like Michigan here in this one. Michigan, yeah. a better team than I thought they were going to be. Um, you know, I didn't want to. And I'm not ready to put him there yet, but wasn't buying into all the Harbaugh hype because I know, you know, good things take time. But uh, he's done a pretty good job with them to this point. He had him, he had him in the game that they lost, uh, and then he's come back with some victories here that I thought might have been a little. A little yes, little and you know what? With him, you know what you're going to get. His teams are going to play you hard. So. Yeah, no doubt about it. They're going to fight to the end, or you know, you're not going to want to see that guy after the game. So right. uh, maybe I do do uh, want to back Michigan in this one. Uh, falling down the line on that, uh, I mean, we can't go through all of these, but no. you know, the ones that are relevant. Um, Missouri and Kentucky, um, 
just want to jump on that one. Missouri had their troubles last week. It appears to most that Missouri is not the team that they've been in years past. Kentucky um, is not what they've been in years past. So this is a very close one. Kentucky's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think I kind of favor them in this game. Back-to-back home games for them. Um, though they lost last week, there's a little measure of confidence. Maybe they've gained in their abilities there. And uh, Missouri has to be scratching their head as to how strong they are. Do you agree or disagree with Yeah, them? I agree with you. I would, If I had to make a, a pick in this game, I would definitely pick Kentucky. I would favor them. My only concern with Kentucky in this game is a hangover from a very tough ball game where you know where they were in it till the end and lost to Florida 14 to 9. I mean just concerned that you know they they may still be you know looking back instead of forward but I think if they bring you know if they bring the game they've been playing to date I think that they'll beat Missouri this week. Yeah, um it's probably the case. Georgia Tech traveling to Duke uh I'm sure Georgia Tech thought they would perform better than they did last week especially offensively against Notre Dame got to take had off to Notre Dame for uh, the the way they played on defense especially. But you had your backup quarterback in there for Notre Dame, and they still took out Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, a solid favorite on the road versus Duke. Can they snap back, or are they going to be in the doldrums, let's say? Well, you you hit the nail on the head last week. That was more not about Notre Dame's backup quarterback. That game was about Notre Dame's defense and what they did to Georgia Tech. And when that offense the problem with that offense when it works you might score 60 points because the team just can't stop it but when it doesn't work and you get behind you're in trouble because you just can't it's tough to get back into the ball game you know you can't throw the ball enough um i this is a tough one i mean i don't know where i'd go with that point spread at duke they have north carolina next week so it's not really a look-ahead situation um you know if georgia tech wants to be the team they you know they think they are then they have to bounce back and win this game in a big way, and that that's probably the direction I would go. I think they're a well-coached team. I think they'll be focused, and I don't think Duke has the athletes to necessarily stop that, that offense. Uh, and, you know, I may agree with you there, although I think that seven points is kind of heavy, you know, kind of heavy. But uh, Georgia Tech wants to be the team that people expect them to be, that they expect to be. They have to go out and perform right here and, and uh, you know, really, really get the job done. Mississippi – uh, this is an interesting game because they're coming off of the big win versus Alabama, a very convincing win. Uh, they've been juggernauts offensively so far, 70 and 70, and then 40-something against Alabama. They do have a big game next week against Florida. And in between, you've got Vanderbilt. So classic sandwich situation here. Uh, Vanderbilt, um, you know, they're still tough, but they're not what they've been. But we're talking 24-and-a-half-point favorites here. Does, does Mississippi go out and do it again, or, or are they going to have a tough one? This is what I call an only-if-you-must-gamble game. Um, I almost made this a pick, as I, but as I broke the game down a little bit, I was going to take Vanderbilt, but then I looked and said, you know, the points you make are exactly what I was looking at, sandwich game, classic, okay? Everything was pointing to me potentially making this a pick for Vanderbilt until I looked at the score last year, and it was 41-3, Mississippi at Vanderbilt and mm-hmm. I look and I say well I don't think either team I don't think Mississippi's a touchdown worse matter of fact they may be better than last year and Vanderbilt at best is the same as last year so I don't like taking games like this where if Mississippi's motivated they could win by 50. 
Yeah, uh, very well. Yeah, you can get scared there. And, you know, it would be one of those games you pick Vanderbilt, they're hanging, they're hanging, they're hanging, and then all of a sudden it's busted open three touchdowns out of nowhere. And it's and Vanderbilt gone can't and move over. the ball. That's what scares me, too. The games they played against teams that that were representative of decent competition so far was 14-12 in their opener uh, to Western Kentucky, who's not exactly known as a defensive powerhouse, and then 31-14 against Georgia. So, you know, that's one of those things where Vanderbilt gets behind. I'm not sure they have the offense to get you that back door. Yeah, I could see them good early and then terrible late. Texas A&M traveling to take on Arkansas. Uh, Texas Tech head coach Cliff Kingsbury says Texas A&M is going to hand Arkansas their rear end. He said that last week. He said they're probably going to, you know, Brett Bielema is not going to be at his Thanksgiving party. No. Uh, so he did say that the Aggies are going to, you know, slap Arkansas around. Do you believe that to be true? Texas A&M is seven oh, points. I'm wondering if I'm wondering if Cliff's trying to uh, do a George Jefferson and move on up when when someone moves on out to a better job. <laughs> I mean, man, he's, uh, he's positioning himself, but he yeah. hasn't really um, dressed himself up as, yeah. as as the guy either because Texas Tech no. not blowing. No, I don't know who to this, this is a tough number. I mean, seven on the road. But my concern always with the Texas A&M. Is is are they going to play the the defense? I mean, I know everybody got excited when they beat Arizona State, but you know, slowly but surely, you know, they started giving up points again uh, last week. Nevada forty four twenty seven as a thirty one and a half point chalk, uh, not what you expect. So I I don't know. To me, this is a tough spot. Probably uh, I got to figure. I jump Arkansas here. Me to too. If they got any pride, I take the seven. Yeah, if they're going to do anything with their season, uh, and they're certainly not out of everything. But if they're going to do anything with this season, they got to win this game. Plain yep. and simple. Can't lose to Texas A&M uh, on the heels of what you've had happen to you the last two weeks. So it's kind of do or die for them here this early in the season. Yes. Tennessee and Florida, you know, I'm I'm not going to say much on that there other than it's a really, really great matchup. And, it is a um, great matchup. I don't know where to go in this game. You know, my rooting interests are with Florida, obviously. Um, but mm-hmm. it's hard for me to, you know, with the way they've been playing offense, I just get concerned that they leave that defense out there a little too long, and eventually it breaks. I mean, they need to move that football. 245 yards of offense last week against Kentucky uh, is nothing to write home about. Yeah, just a note here, Florida opened as a two-point favorite on the announcement of the suspensions yesterday to back up uh, Treyon Harris and Jalen Tabor, a cornerback. Um, now Tennessee is your one-point favorite, so heavy line movement in that. LSU is traveling to take on Syracuse. What is LSU's mind like after beating up on rival Auburn and doing it in a very impressive way? Uh, are they going to have their mind right when they travel to the Carrier Dome? This is a another game. game I LSU. almost made a pick. I almost went out on the limb and said, "Let me take Syracuse." Okay, but then I started breaking down. You know, LSU. You know, they played two conference games. Now they step out. They play Syracuse and then Eastern Michigan. So I said, maybe they don't have focus. But then I looked at the Syracuse opponents. And I say to myself, Rhode Island, Wake Forest, and Central Michigan at home. I'm not sure that they're going to be prepared for the defense that LSU is going to bring. And they may hang for a while in this game. It may be one of those where LSU struggles to move the ball a little. They're not focused. But I have a feeling this could be one of those games like a slow drip where the final score ends up like 28-3 and you just you barely don't cover. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you get... You got scared, man. You got scared. You know what? I'm going to kind of I would just lightly say maybe Syracuse hangs. Yeah, lightly. Like LSU, very lightly, like in pencil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like LSU LSU is one of those teams that would be quite happy with a 24 to 10 win. Oh, they don't fun. care. They, LSU is not about use. style points. 
No, yeah, they're about we'll slapping you around a little bit. No. Yeah, they're not Oregon, so uh, I'd probably lean slightly. we got to hurry up through here because we do have to give our picks. I'll, we'll touch on this one because I know you uh, almost made this a pick. Mississippi State traveling to take on Auburn, who's licking some serious wounds. Auburn's a three-point favorite. Uh, I didn't make this a pick. You and I were talking off air, but I, I, I'm gonna, I really like Auburn in this game. I, I have a feeling that the quarterback change is going to help them. I don't like what they were getting from quarterback the first couple games mm-hmm. of the season. I think they needed a change there. I don't think that was a quick trigger. They weren't getting enough from the position. And uh, this is a game where if they're going to have the season that they hope for, and they're not out of anything yet, um, they, they certainly need to win this ballgame. And I think they can yeah. at home. Yeah, uh, one other game to talk about, because the others I have picks on, and if you have any kind of opinions on them, you could sprinkle them in there after I make picks out of them. By the way, my theme on my picks for college football is all all California this week, so you folks can quickly try and figure that out before we we, uh, draw the curtain down on that. Anyway, Oklahoma State traveling to take on Texas. Oklahoma State, a three-point favorite on the road. I'll tell you right now, I like Texas in this ballgame. Hmm. You've become a big, uh, you've become a big uh, Charlie Strong fan, huh? I've always been a Charlie Strong fan. I knew going in, he was not going to blow this thing open right away. He's, uh, you know, good things take time. That's if the folks in Texas will be patient enough to let that happen. Uh, I just don't see Oklahoma State as that team to go out and be laying three points on the road. Well, you, you know, you know me. Time. I mean, I'm a big Charlie Strong fan myself. Uh, but I think Oklahoma State was a young team last year. They brought a lot back. And I don't know if Texas can really – I think that's a hard game last week to necessarily bounce back for from when you're a team like Texas trying to rebuild your identity. Losing that game by one at home to Cal on essentially an extra point miss, which could have taken you into overtime and maybe you get yourself a win. I think that mm-hmm. they you know, may be lamenting last week as they play this week. And so I – Lightly and lightly, like you did with the last game, I'm going to say Oklahoma State here in pencil. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into the picks because we we uh, really need to do that. I have no idea because you didn't tell me as we we're going through this who you uh, who you're picking in this one, and uh, you're up first when it comes to okay. college football. So here we on, go. What do you got? Let's let's start off with Ohio State in that huge number they're laying, uh, 31 and a half. I have right here. Is that the right number that you have? I, I'm going to lay those points with Ohio State. I think they're sick and tired of hearing about how they're broken and you know. They may not be the number one team in the country. I have a feeling that this is a week where they take it out on an inferior opponent. I mean, they've played some games here that if you look, even the Hawaii game that they won 38 nothing, it wasn't a blowout until late third quarter. So, you know, they came back last week, struggled with Northern Illinois by seven. I think Western Michigan is going to get the full wrath of Ohio State this week. I see something like, I don't know, 56-10 here, Buckeyes. <coughs> I'm, I'm choking off of all that chalk you just laid there, Amo. Nope. Oh. Uh, what, what's, ne- what's next on your list? The next game has a big line, too. Alabama's giving 38 to Louisiana Monroe, and I know the popular Good Lord, might, my friend. Uh, I'm going to take all 38 points in Louisiana Monroe. The popular opinion here would be uh, Alabama is going to be mad, and they usually don't get real mad in these games. When they're laying over 30 points, they have a losing point spread record. They're just one of those teams, they'll be quite happy to go out. They'll beat Louisiana Monroe probably 35-7, and that'll be that. I mean, they they played Mississippi mm-hmm. last week. Um, I'm sure that game 
is still bothering them. They have Georgia on the road next week. This is a classic, mm. classic sandwich spot for a team like Louisiana Monroe to come in here, run around, and, and, and you know, to lose by 38 is hard. They played Georgia earlier this year. They got beat 51-14. Guess what? You still cover 38 points if you do that. So. Well, you know, not covering the number in this game is just going to only, and even this is a Louisiana Monroe team, not covering the number in this game is going to just only fire up more of the Alabama's dynasty's dead talk uh, next week. All right, what's your final I understand that, but I I, I just, I think that's too many points. And finally, I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to take my Trojans last this week, giving the five and a half Mm -hmm. to Arizona State. I sat in that game last week at Stanford, and when I left, I basically – said I'll never take them again, and then I really thought about it and said, you know, I didn't take them last week, I mean, but I I was so disappointed being at the game, you know, I was angry, but I I looked, USC the last two years coming off a loss, first first the point spread, seven wins, one loss, and the one loss was by half a point. This is a team that somehow, you know, for everything they do wrong every once in a while, they have some, uh, you you know, they have some perseverance. They bounce back. Mm And uh, I have a feeling that people are just, you know, that line doesn't make sense. Giving five and a half mm-hmm. after what they did last week, it kind of says to me, like, huh? I thought this game would be a pick. Mm-hmm. So I'll lay uh, the five and a half with the true. Trojans. Okay, so recapping here, you have uh, Ohio State as a 31 and a half point favorite. Uh, you're taking big points with Louisiana Monroe, uh, and you're going to lay five and a half with your Trojans. There you are, back in them Trojans again. Um, so Not again. That's my first of... time this year taking the Trojans. This is their fourth game. First game. Oh, well, well, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. I'm going through mine really quick. Again, uh, I have a California theme this week, Emil. Okay. You may or may, may or may not like that. I don't know. Uh, USC is traveling to take on Arizona State. So I'm going to give you that one right now. I'm going to back you on that with the USC. Um, Arizona State had one, I guess, game you could call it, real game. And in that game, uh, they lost by 21 points to Texas A&M. Um, the last two weeks, they've faced substandard opponents, and they have not been all that impressive. As a matter of fact, Arizona State's 0-3 against the number, and uh, it you know it has to be a little bit concerning because you're getting a very highly motivated USC squad coming uh, to your town. Um, USC needs to do something. The talking has started. You know, it's it's that kind of a program where the people don't have a whole lot of patience. I think this is probably a good week of preparation for USC. I think USC, like many others of us did, took Stanford a little lightly and got caught with their pants down. Their pants will be up, belt will be buckled, and uh, they'll be ready to go in this contest. And so um, I do like that the line's more than three. That tells me there's something there. So I'm going to roll with uh, USC. UCLA is taking on Arizona on the road. Arizona puffed out the chest on North Arizona last week, 77-13 win. Sometimes it's hard to get your kids under control after you have a win like that. Um, And I think that's going to be a little bit of a problem for Arizona as uh, they take on UCLA, who got humbled a little bit, uh, even though they won the game against BYU. Um, I think they... Uh, we're forced to recognize that you know there's a chance they could lose some games here if they don't you know tighten up. So on their way to Arizona, I really like them in this contest. They happen to be three-point favorites. Some would ask, hey, you know what? They barely got by BYU last week. Why is UCLA a favorite on the road against a three and O Arizona team that just beat someone by a million points last week? Um, that intrigues me. Puts me on UCLA in this contest. Very so yeah, very ra- interesting. 
Yeah, and so rounding out my all-California pick theme here, uh, I'm going to stay with the Cal Bears, who uh, people might be a little bit concerned with how they finished up that game last week. But you know what? Though I did pick Texas, California showed me something on the road at Texas because I didn't really expect that game to go down. I expected Texas to win that game. And Cal maybe is turning a corner that they can go on the road and perform in that fashion. You know, they fell asleep a little bit at the end, but they showed showed some dominance uh, in that game. And that, you know, gives me a little confidence in them uh, taking on a Washington team that uh, is not as impressive as uh, maybe some thought they would well, be at recap this point. Well, recap this for us, though. You're all California. Wow, I never I'm saw all you Cali, do this. man. I'm California lane three. Uh, I'm UCLA minus three, and I'm USC minus five Going into and this week, for the record, Chad and I are both five and four in, co- in our college football picks. Yes, and it is at this time that we do bring on our guest pickers. We have them both on the line. First, let's uh, bring Kenny on. Kenny, I don't have your record from uh, last week. Did you call one in last two. week? One, one and two. two. One and two. All right. Yeah. So, you, so you got work to do here, my friend. What do you got for us yeah. this week? Um. Well, first, am I allowed to pick a Friday game, or is that, sure. is that legal? Yeah, no, you sure. It hasn't been played yet. Jump in there. Okay. Um. I like Boise tonight against uh, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um. Mike London gets his guys to play one game every year where he gets them off and, you know, they play like they're not supposed to play. <laughs> and, that, and that was Notre Dame. Right. So, that, that is true, man. Uh, Kenny, Mike, you're killing Michael, me. I love Mike London. Chad will tell you. He, he, he loves, I'm, I'm he a loves president London of the Mike the London fan club. I, I, I think I'll, I'll – but Kenny's right on that one, man. <laughs> he is right. up for one. And, All right, and so Boise, you like Boise. Yeah, and Boise usually plays – they're usually they play, you know, they drop one, and that's that, that already happened to them with BYU. So I think, you know, mm-hmm. it's only fitting that, you know, it's not a very high spread. All they got to do is win by a field goal. I think Boise kind of runs away with this game. Okay, so Kenny's on Boise State minus two at Virginia tonight. Next. Yeah. Okay, next I got TCU and Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, again, kind of like with the last game. Texas Tech just had their great game that they play mm-hmm. with against mm-hmm. Arkansas. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much they have left in the tank. And then people are, you know, are, are, are kind of down on TCU right now, you know, saying that they can't play defense. And I just think this is a game where they say, hey, we're ready to, you know, be in the Final Four and we're going to show you we're going to, you know, we're going to mop the floor with TCU. Kenny, right they're now. one of my Final Four picks, but I will say this, and I'm not going to poo-poo your pick because I obviously don't have a pick on it, but I will say – their defensive injuries concern me. I don't know if it's that they can't play defense as much as they might not be able to play defense with the guys they have there right now. I mean, Maybe they go bombs just, away, man. Maybe that's how they solve their I'm defensive thinking. problems. Maybe. That's what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking, yeah, they're just going to just, just – So we got TCU minus six. You're, you're a little chalky yourself today. TCU minus six and Boise State minus two. And what's – you got one more chalk for us to top this? I, got, you, I got some more chalk for you. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah. Again, I'm playing off of this theme about teams playing off of, you know, losses, and I'm picking, you know, Oregon against – oh, man, I don't have it in front of me. They're playing Utah. Uh, Utah. Utah. Utah, who's got a banged-up quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be able to play. I think he's still listed as questionable. Um, I just think that, you know, at home, 
another team that got embarrassed on, on national TV against Michigan State. I think these guys are going to come in on their home field and just, you know, really show these guys that, you know, Utah played a, a bad Michigan team close early. I just I think they're kind of overrated. Kenny, I you know what? I, I agree with that pick. And early in the week, I actually thought about when the line was 14 points, I actually thought about making Utah a pick for the show. And as I watched the line fall to what it is now, which is about 11, 11 and a half points, it tells me there's too much money coming in on Utah. And when I look at their last couple games against Oregon, they've been blowing out both games, home and away. Yeah, blown both out. quarterbacks are going to play in this game, by the way. There was a little bit of an injury concern on both sides. Yeah, for so, both so I, yeah, I like your logic in that game. That, that, so, so, so let's recap. you got Boise minus two tonight. Then you're going TCU minus six tomorrow. And Oregon minus the 11.5 at, uh, at home against Utah. That's right. Yeah, boys, between the three of us, all right, we've given out nine picks. Eight of them are chalk. We could line a football field right now with yes, what we, we got. Could. So yes, Kenny's going to go. I'm going to bring Les on. Maybe Les has enough for us to paint the end zone. But, Kenny, thanks for giving us your pick, thanks, man. Kenny. We'll recap them next week. All right. All right, from Kenny, we're going to go to Les, man. I hate to put you on a short clock here, man, but if you got picks in college football, drop them on us. Hey, I'm a, I'm gonna do y'all some uh, some justice. I've, I've heard some of the uh, some of the picks that you guys came up with. I kind yep. I kind of like a lot of them, but hey, hey man, all this uh, this California thing, what the hell's wrong with you, Chad? Hey, man, I'm Cali. I'm going back to Cali, man. I I watched. I saw straight out of Compton a couple yeah. of weeks ago, man. Now I'm feeling it. You feeling oh, it, okay. homie? Okay, okay. Lay okay. it on us, okay. Les. Come on, buddy. What do all you got? Right, well, uh, let me let me go with uh, let's open this uh, can of whoop ass today with um, let let me go with uh, Minnesota to be uh, up on uh, Ohio. Man, Les always sound, Les always sounds like he's ordering at McDonald's when he he's does. Doing these <laughs> can I have a big? Can I have a Minnesota Big Mac with let me some get a, uh, French fries at Texas? <laughs> yeah, All right, what do you got? All right, so you got you got you got Minnesota, okay. I got Minnesota, and then uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on this. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on this one for you, Chad. I'm gonna do you a favor. I uh-huh. like that Cal versus uh, uh, Washington. Okay. Okay, you got more Cal. talk. We're lining more up strength. the end zone, man. We're gonna have a full football and, field in a minute. And then uh, let me let me find this last one. I like. I like. Uh, I like. I'm honestly, man. I I mean, I love my Spartans, but. I just ain't seen them. I, I haven't seen them play a complete game yet. So I, I'm I'm gonna go against my Spartans this week. I'm gonna take Central Michigan with the 31. Ooh, yeah. You know what? That Don't. that actually I could see that. That's a game where you know, unless unless Michigan State's giving 26, so you're getting 26 and a half less with Central Michigan. Yeah, Michigan State isn't that kind of team. Les, you got to do them quick. Do you have NFL picks for us? Yes, 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 yes. All right, yes. give them to us. No analysis. Drop them on us. No analysis. I'm gonna go with. No uh, I'm gonna go with New Orleans to beat Carolina. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna go with Baltimore to beat Cincy. Gotcha. And I'm gonna take Oakland to kick uh, Josh McCown's ass again this week. Wow. No, going with going with Oaktown and that big Oakland Cleveland matchup that everyone's awaiting. Hey, Les, man, appreciate you coming on. 
Well, uh, I'll have these for you. You should write them down because you were, you know, texting me last week for your picks. I apologize for that. I was a little tied up, but write them down, man. We're going to recap them on Monday. All right? I got them, brother. Okay. Have a good weekend, Les. We're going to take the shortest of breaks, and when we come back, it's all NFL previews, picks, all that good stuff. We'll be back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Stay here with us. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. here on our Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson and Amo Calamino. No time to waste. We're going to jump into this thing right away. Amo, we have uh, picks. We're going to give those first with the time left. We'll jump into any previews of games that we uh, didn't fall on our pick list here. I'm going to go first. I'm going to, uh, first of all, do you want to give out the records? We're both two and four in the pros, so the pros have not been kind to step it up. No. We've got to step it up, man, or pink slips are going to be handed out, and I intend to do that. I'm going to do my part. I don't know what my co-host is going to do, and here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to agree with Les with New Orleans. Uh, most would look at this and say New Orleans is just not that team right now, and in the NFL that means they are going to be this team this week. Carolina has nothing, okay? Uh, they won a game last week. I don't know how they do it. They can't continue to win games. Uh, Cam Newton's out there. He needs to go punch the general manager in the face after every game, win or lose, because he's really, really working with nothing. And at some point, it's going to fall out. Losing to Tampa Bay and a rookie quarterback is embarrassing for the Saints. They have to respond. They're going to Carolina. They're an underdog to boot. I'm going to take the uh, New Orleans Saints in that one. St. Louis, uh, they beat Seattle uh, in week one. Then they go Take on Washington. Everyone expects them to win. They lose. You come home now. You're facing Pittsburgh, who blew someone out. They should lose the game. I'm going to take St. Louis to win. St. Louis does play well at home. They can play good defense. Their defense is going to look uh, a little better than what San Francisco's did last week. Pittsburgh will have the big head going into this game. They'll be a little bit too comfortable. They're getting Le'Veon Bell back. They're going to think everything's sweet. And the odds makers think they should be a one-and-a-half-point favorite at St. Louis. I think the Rams rise up on them. And in a pick that I think is going to make uh, all the local listeners down here very, very happy, I'm going to actually back the home team. And that doesn't happen very often. But the Dolphins absolutely have to respond to a loss against the Jacksonville Jaguars, or your season is in complete turmoil. People are already at the edge 
uh, of the building here. They've got the knives out, ready to slit their wrist as Dolphin fans because this is not what they expected. They have one sack on the season. They're not running the ball well. Things just aren't happening. This is one of those games where the Dolphins come out and uh, they handle their business. It's at home. It's hot. It's muggy. The Bills are from up north. Uh, that and several other reasons are why I will back the Dolphins as three-point favorites in this contest. How about that? Short and Saints, 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 Rams, Dolphins for you. Very, very. That's what I'm riding with. Okay, let's start off first. first? Uh, you know, I know it's a short week for them, but I'm going to you know, back the uh, New York Jets here, minus one and a half. What I saw from Philly last week in that game tells me that you know, unless they have one of the biggest turnarounds in NFL history, I don't see how their offense is going to be ready to go on the road and uh, deal with what the Jets are going to do defensively. Um, I think there's, that situation in Philly is going to go from bad to worse. I like what the Jets are doing on defense, and I'm gladly going to lay one and a half at home with the New York Jets. All righty. Next, I'm going to agree with Les. Uh, uh, you know what? The Ravens are 0-2. That whole West Coast deal is hard, but this is a game they can get right back in the division race. The Steelers already have a loss. The Bengals don't have one. They're going to get their first loss Sunday from the Ravens. The Ravens jump right back into that race. I'm going to take the Ravens minus 2.5 at home to take care of business. And, yeah, and you uh, know, I'm a, I'm a Ravens backer, so I agree with you on that one. Yeah, and then finally, you know what? I, I tried to find, talk myself out of it, but I'm going to take my Cowboys at home with one point. Um, the Falcons, you know, everybody's looking at what Whedon did last year in that game against Arizona. Arizona was an 11-5 and football team with an excellent defense. That's not the mm-hmm. Atlanta Falcons, okay? Um, mm-hmm. The Falcons won two games. They came back to win both of them against the Eagles and Giants. Uh, they're just not a team that's a dominant football team. And I have a feeling the Cowboys will circle the wagons this week, especially that defense, which looks a hell of a lot better and will continue to get better as they get players back here in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to take them as a home underdog. A 12-win team from last year versus a 4-win team. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons hard- cannot open up the season 3-0. and I just can't picture that in my mind. Well, that's the other thing I had. I did. I looked and said, this is a team who won four games last year. Sure, they're improved, but are they that improved? I mean, come on. Yeah, I just can't see that. Um, you know, they probably should have lost that game last week. Um, things were funny in the they first did. game. Good I for think them. It I mean, they, listen, they are an improved team, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of that. They're, they're a much better team this year, but I just have a hard time with the way they're, you know, Dallas got disrespected in Philly last week. Kudos to you for picking up on that. I really didn't. You took them plus the five. And I think they're getting disrespected here. Yep. Uh, I would agree with you on that one. So recapping for you, you've got the Jets as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. You've got Baltimore at home going to get the win over Cincinnati as two-and-a-half-point favorites. And you're taking Dallas as a uh, one-point underdog at home to the Atlanta Falcons. So you have it. All the picks are in the books. You've got – Six from me, three from Kyle. I love your Rams pick. Let me just say a few things before you kick me off. I have a couple minutes. You said we could talk about some games. I love your Rams pick. Yeah, sure. Almost made them a uh-huh. pick. I I, mm-hmm. I think that you, you nailed that one. That just seems like uh, the Steelers might come in with a little bit of a fat head there. I think there's an interesting game there in that Minnesota-San Diego. I have nowhere to go with it as far as giving you guidance. I think I like San Diego, man, to be honest Well, with you. yeah, I mean, if you're going to make me pick, sure, I take the two and a half. I think they're very evenly matched. Um, the Texans-Buccaneers game, friends and family as far as I'm concerned. Houston um, has to win and, and, and do it convincingly. I have to. Against a rookie quarterback, you would think. And you know what? He may be a little full of himself this week after the performance last week, so maybe his prep preparation isn't quite what it is. So, yeah, I'd probably uh, lean towards Houston. There are no idea with the Patriots because sometimes they play teams like – Jacksonville, 
and make it much more difficult than it should be. So, you know, it's a, mm-hmm. a two-touchdown line. This is professional football. I, mean, I would say this. You know, uh, I agree with you on that with the Patriots. Sometimes mm-hmm. they let their hair down. You did, they did win a, a division game on the road. Doesn't speak well for them being a double-digit favorite the next week. The Jaguars, teams like this that have been losers, seem to be energized by winning games. And so I think Jacksonville walks in this to this thing with enough pride uh, about themselves um, and feeling good that they may stay inside this number. Yeah, I have a rule. I don't lay 14 points in an NFL game, so I won't I won't do it, but I really feel bad for the Bears. I would do it Bears. this week, though, with the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I, have a, I feel pick, bad but... for the Bears. Yeah, I feel real bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they, <laughs> the, 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 the Chancellor is back, um, and the Seahawks really, really need a win, and the Bears are just the Bears. The Bears might the be Bears. working with their third-string quarterback by the end of that game. <laughs> Uh, well, to Chicago fans, that's a welcome sight, okay? Because yeah. they hate Cutler. Well, he's so, not playing. That's what it. I'm saying. Clawson's starting that game. They might be working with the guy after Clawson. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because <laughs> there's going to be some hits on the quarterback in this game. There may be a few 15-yard yeah. penalties. All right, my man, I think we've done a good job summing it all up here in college and NFL football. You are fully, fully prepared now for the weekend of college football. Amel's going to jump off. Right here, I'm going to come back with some Canes insight and some uh, some Canes insight from Canes insight with Peter Ariz. Stay tuned. Emil, tell the folks bye. Goodbye. Have a good weekend, everybody. All right. Uh, we're going to jump into a break. When I get back, Peter Ariz joins me from uh, Canes insight. We're going to talk Hurricanes football right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! All right, 11.02 here on a Friday, football Friday here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, just zipped through some college football and uh, some NFL football uh, previews and picks and uh, staying with the college football theme theme that we've got going on here. I need to get my act together. I'm fumbling over my words here. I need to calm down. So uh, 
we had a game right here last week as the Hurricanes took on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. If you are listening around town, you would swear the Hurricanes lost that football game. But, in fact, they did win the football game. But it's just how they won that has fans up in the air. And uh, to talk about that and some other things, I'm going to bring on Peter Ariz from Canes Insight. Um, The Canes won, Pete, but I don't think they've done enough to keep the uh, airplanes in the hangars this week. Would you agree or not? disagree on it oh i i would 100 percent agree with you i think those banners will are continue to fly last week look they got the win like you said but embarrassing finish uh down the stretch there and you can't do that against a uh, quality opponents i mean the rest of the schedule miami we've seen uh really no easy games remaining we even saw what cincinnati did last night uh throwing for over 500 yards at a backup quarterback uh so look that happens again and, and you know i think those those banners will uh be uh Flying high and proud. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna fly anyway. I think. Um, but you know what? Watching that game for the first half of that ball game, it it looked like a return to the old days. It was dominant Hurricanes football uh, turnovers. Brad Kaya right now is is look. He looks good to me. He looks really really great. And if you're not a Brad Kaya fan, or if you're down in Brad Kaya, you're uh, something's wrong with you. Because that kid right now looks really, really good back there. Going through progressions, throwing on the run, uh, uh, picking up the blitzes, letting the ball loose. There isn't anything right now. I don't think he's he's. I don't think there's anything he's not doing right now as a quarterback. So you gotta love that situation. It's just uh, I don't know what happened there at the end of the game. Was that a mental thing? Was it just we're we're not used to this? Just we shouldn't be in this position. And I'd hate to say that about the Hurricanes, who have been at the mountaintop of college football. What happened there? Well, look, I, I hate to say it, but things like that reflect the coaching staff, in my opinion. And we've seen, look, we're, we're in year four at this point. And, and, and time and time again, we've seen not necessarily – We're in year five, my friend. Year five, year five, excuse me. But uh, you know what I'm saying? I mean, look, we've seen, we've seen these types of breakdowns mentally over the course of many games. I mean, it's not only just finishing games, but starting games. How many times have we seen this team come out flat under – under Golden, I mean, we saw last year against UVA, against Pitt. Uh, so it, it just ha- you can't have those huge lapses mentally. And at, at a certain point, you, I mean, everyone's been saying it already, but you have to look at the coaching staff. I mean, it, and, and look, this is one of those games where uh, with a coaching staff that has, you know, done it before and, and, and kind of has made adjustments, you could say, all right, we can use the, this second half as a, as a learning uh, as a learning moment, you can, there's a lot of teachable moments from from what happened there. But how many mm. times has Miami uh, came out flat one game and, and the next game you say, all right, maybe? You yeah, know, but these, let's these let's are... let's talk about those moments. Let's detail it because you know everyone has their speculation on what happened there. But from your standpoint, you're up, you're in control of the game, and then and then what specifically happened to get us to the point where a game that was a runaway winner ended up being an overtime football game? that ended up hanging in the balance? Well, I'll say, first of all, I think that, that Deion Bush penalty kind of took uh, some of the air out of the sails of that defense a bit. Uh, but either way, one player shouldn't make that big of a difference. Well, a two I, players, I, you I, lose both safeties. Two players, I hate and that rule. Long Carter as well. Yeah, I mean, and, and, it's, and it's funny because I, I, that was the first time that Miami player had actually been ejected from that uh, penalty. And for two of them from the same position, pretty much back-to-back for that to happen mm-hmm. was kind of mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, but, look, I, I think late in that game, too, Miami's tackling uh, 
kind of kind of fell off a bit. There were plenty of times, really throughout the course of that game, where Miami had blitzers running free at Tommy Armstrong. You know, he's a mobile guy. He can kind of move, move around back there. Uh, but the tackling has to be better. I mean, that's a fundamental part of football. Uh, and, and I think that, that they, they really had some lapses there. And, again, look, it, you have to say the, the, the pass rush. I mean, it's, it's still not where it needs to be if you want to be a dominant defense. So uh, I, I think I think really the, the same. This is this is basically the bottom line with this team right now is they're one and zero. They're not they're three and zero on the record, but they played one team worse. Uh, you know, even being in the same field as Miami. So mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of the same issues that we've seen over the past three years. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sounding I might be sounding very negative right now, but I, I mean, mm-hmm. I just don't see overall many changes again. The quarterback position, the offense. I think is in a good spot, but the offense has not been the issue over the past few years. Yeah, well, you know that was one of the questions that I was going to ask you. Uh, do you, what, if anything, seems different with this team than maybe the team of the last two years or uh, any of the teams during the golden era? Do you see some differences? And if you do, what are those? Well, I'll say, look, offensively, I think with Kaya in control, uh, there's just a, a more of a sense of calm on that side of the ball right now. Before you're always wondering, okay, how many interceptions is the quarterback going to throw today? How many mistakes is he going to make? And look, Kaya, Kaya has threw an interception last week, and you know he, he, there's a throw here and there, you know that he would like to have back. But overall, I think everyone on the side of the ball just has complete faith in him, which I don't. You know, they said over the past few years uh, with Stephen Morris, even Jacory Harris in his senior year when Golden was here, that, you know, that was the case, but it just didn't seem like that at times. It seems like everyone's bought in on, on that side of the ball. Uh, I, I do like the up-tempo style as well. I think that's something that Miami needed to kind of adopt and change. College football has continued to change. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I do like that change. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. that's a, a lot of that goes to James Coley, who, you know, did, they did a lot of that at FSU when he was there. He wasn't a play caller. Uh, but I, I think that's something that he, he recognized needed to be uh, changed on this offense. I've noticed some increased focus uh, out of the receiver group. Uh, all of them seem to be performing at uh, at expected or above expected levels. That's just something that I've noticed uh, out of that group. In years past, you'd have someone having a really good season, and you had some guys that just wondering, like, what's going on with that guy? Where's his mind at? What's what's going on in his life? And I don't, I don't. It doesn't seem like any of that's going on. Everyone's answering the yeah. bell at that position. And I think, look, I mean, it goes. I think that goes directly uh, to a guy that you know very well, Coach Kevin mm-hmm. Beard. Uh, I mean, all throughout the spring and all throughout the summer, uh, these guys were in all the interviews I do. And, you know, when you, you're out there talking with, with, with just talking to the guys, uh, they, they would not be mentioning uh, Coach Beard's impact on them. Not just, you know, anyone can go out there and be a technically sound uh, football coach of the position. But I think Beard has done a good job kind of taking these guys under his wing. Uh, I mean, you haven't heard anything about Rashawn Scott having any off-field issues. That's one example mm-hmm. right there. Everything you hear about him is that he's a changed kid. Herb Waters, I mean, he just looks a lot more locked in, like you said, focused this year. And and so I think that's a very tight-knit group who, who again, that credit goes to Kevin Beard for, for holding those guys accountable. they got to be accountable for each other. They know if one of them messes up, they're right there uh, with each other. So the, uh, Coach Beard, definitely a, a big part Yeah, absolutely, man. Right and you're getting contributions from Tyree Brady. Um, that's that's only a plus. So that looks to be a really good group. I don't know how many questions 
we're going to get answered in the next contest. Yeah, everyone will look at Cincinnati last night and be blown away by the fact that the backup quarterback, which is amazing to me, comes in and a little bit over three-quarters of work throws for 557 yards. I think that's a little bit more of an indictment on uh, Memphis's defense than anything else. Uh, Cincinnati is explosive offensively, but they, to me they're just too horrible on defense to even – you know, do anything when Miami shows up. I just think Miami's going to have their way offensively. It'll breed a little confidence. That's just my early pick on that. I think Miami's going to comfortably win that game. So you're not going to get any answers. You're going to have to wait till October 10th to get some answers. You agree or disagree with that? Oh, 100%. And just to add to kind of, I guess, the theme we're going with right now is it. it's really feeling right now a lot like 2013 when Miami got off to that 7-0 start. Uh, but, mm. but, I mean, you could see the flaws along the way. You know, they had that mm. close game against Wake Forest. They had that game against North Carolina where Dallas Crawford had the big game on a Thursday night. So, you know, you saw kind of building up what the issues were on that team. And I think that's going to be, the, you know, if they win next week, they're going into the, to, to Tallahassee 4-0. And, you know, Florida State will probably be uh, undefeated as well. So that could be, that could be a, 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 I mean, it'll be hyped up as a big-time matchup. But, I mean, at that point, at this point in the season, what, what will we know about either of those teams, honestly? So yeah, uh, but I, uh, think, I, I think Florida State is as 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 vulnerable as they've been in the last maybe three or four years. So it's um, you know, let me see let me see what they look like next week. But I think that's a that's a winnable game for the Miami Hurricanes, and it was a game they almost is, won last year with 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 Jesus at quarterback over there for the <laughs> for the Florida State Seminoles. So we'll see how that goes. Hey, do you have any recruiting nuggets you could sprinkle on my audience here uh, as we talk Canes football with Peter Ariz from Canes Insight? Yeah, interesting. It looks like Donnell Solomon is definitely a guy that's kind of popped back onto uh, the Canes radar. Look, this is a guy who uh, he's one of the most talented receivers we've seen out of this area in the last few years. He's bounced around from schools and whatnot. And, and look, mm-hmm. Miami liked him in the beginning, and he, where he was getting all these offers from Alabama, LSU, Florida, Florida State. And Miami kind of got on him late, uh, and then the Canes kind of cooled on him for a little bit. But now they're back on him, uh, and, and it looks like Miami's right in the picture with him. Of course, look, I mean, the, the, the biggest storyline that, that Canes fans are going to continue to want to watch is the Sam Bruce uh, there's a lot of UF talk about him right now, uh, mm-hmm. which is not what Canes fans want to hear, but uh, that's the bottom line right now. And I, again, I think mm-hmm. a lot can change with Miami's recruiting class overall with what we see at the end of the season. So I think recruiting, in my opinion, will really start to heat up around that FSU game because Miami mm-hmm. wins or loses. That could sway things one way or the other. And I think, you know, at that point, look, Miami's very, very comfortable with who they have in their class right now. Their concern is obviously hanging on to those guys. And, and look, they, they've, they've got a couple of them to sign that uh, financial aid agreement, which is which is good for them. Uh, and those are kind of the guys they look at the core guys, Jack Allison, Jack Quarterman, Zach McLeod, uh, Pinky mm-hmm. are, all, are all in that mix. So, uh, look, they like who they have right now. I think their focus is what's happening on the field because they know if, if they have that on-field success, the recruits will uh, kind of – find their way to core gables could you could you shed some insight at all as to why miami uh cooled on solomon before getting back on him yeah look i mean i don't necessarily know 100 percent, but there's always if there's concerns about a kid maybe off the field or, or in in the classroom uh that's definitely something that uh that miami looks at but but look i mean every kid deserves a second chance especially at this age and 
and and and he's he's kind of I guess taking advantage of that right now. And look, Miami Miami notices that, and I'm sure uh, other schools do do as well. So uh, I would probably say that would be uh, the situation there. Well, Pete, I know you got to run, but before I let you go, can you give us an update on Marcus Guyot? I mean, I heard the story yesterday, and this is how the you know this is how news travels now, and this is social network that and the internet and all that that we live in. First thing I heard was two cars head-on collision, and uh, two players were airlifted. Then you heard two players ran into each other on the field; both were airlifted. And then finally, we got the real story, which was uh, Marcus Guyot was involved in in some kind of collision at practice, and uh, and then was airlifted to Miami Jackson uh, Memorial Hospital. So can you can you tell me exactly, if you know, what happened there and then uh, give us the latest update on his condition? Yeah, well, I, look, I, I, I had heard right away that, that, his, that he had his arms and legs moving. I mean, you always have to take precaution in those situations, and, you know, they did that. Uh, so, look, his arms and legs were moving, I know, right away. Uh, he tweeted out, I believe, this morning, uh, it might have been last night, that, uh, you know, thank you for all the, the wishes and everything. He said he'll be back soon, minor setback, major comeback, all the all the, the good stuff there. But, uh, you know, it, it's very tough to speculate on an injury of that magnitude. But mm-hmm. like I said, the good news is that uh, his extremities were all moving. Uh, mm-hmm. look, I mean, in a case like this, he could be out a couple weeks. And, you know, as long as he passes all the concussion protocol and this and that, uh, then, then he should be good. Uh, so I... I Look, he's a big piece of this Miami defense right now uh, with their depth issues at linebacker. Uh, so I, I think the sooner he gets back, the, the better. But I, look, at the end of the day, in a situation like this, you're just glad the kid is uh, is all right. Yeah, I would certainly agree with that. And all fans, whether you're a you know University of Miami fan or not, you're happy to hear the news that he's uh, he's all right and that he'll uh, have a full recovery. Man, Pete, I appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us all your insight from Kane's insight. No problem. Thanks for having me on. All right. Peter Riz from canesinsight.com, one of your top uh, sites out there covering Canes football, everything from recruiting to on-the-field action and uh, what's going on behind the scenes there at the University of Miami, canesinsight.com. And, again, thanks to Peter Riz for joining me. It's high school football talk coming up next. I'm going to take a quick break. Joshua Wilson from Florida, hsfootball.com, joins me next on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay tuned. The 7 on 7 season, summer basketball, family picnics, all around the corner, and you're paying big money for t-shirts from screen printers? Why? Screen printed t-shirts are costly when dug for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay an even higher price. More colors mean higher prices. How do we solve this? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, put any wording you want, print it on your inkjet print paper, and using the proper paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, you can get this the way that you want it. There's no limit to the amount of color or the design. You can transfer a photograph using this paper. It's great for team sports. It's great for family reunions. It's great for birthday grips. The t-shirt is part of the American culture, and now you can design your own. Don't worry if you haven't done it before. T-Shirt Supplies has the first-rate customer service. They will help you get the paper you want for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them now at t-shirtsupplies.com. 
That's t-shirts, no hyphen, supplies, plural, all one word, dot com. Or call them at one 857 2737 That's 1-877-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. Jam-packed slate of uh, high school football on tap across the country, but uh, especially here in the state of Florida and in South Florida. And we've got a a major matchup going on tonight. And so that uh, brings me extra excitement to bring my next guest on, who's uh, on top of everything from Key West all the way up to the panhandle. Joshua Wilson from Florida HS Football joins me here for his weekly talk about Florida high school football. Josh, how you doing? Doing all right, Chad. I mean, what, week four, wow, that was kind of a, a few surprises around the state, especially with District Week that had, you know, starting off things, and then it's, man, that only yeah, was yeah, man. the life I had for week five. Look, there's always, that's why they play the game, as as they say, so uh, there were some upsets that we'll get into oh, in yeah. a moment, but let's jump, let's jump right into this thing. Big one tonight in Hallandale. Uh, is taking on St. Thomas. Game will be at Hallandale. And just a note out there, it's looking like 80 to 90% chance of showers. If, you are, if you've ever been to Hallandale's field, you know that just spitting on that field totally destroys it. So if you get some water on that thing, um, traction's going to be an best. issue out there. Yeah, definitely. What, what, are you, what are you expecting in this game? Man, and I, even Larry Bluestein put it, you know, no matter what, I'll tell you, this human come down as one of the best games of the year, period, for both of those teams. I mean, it's it's, a, it's going to be a challenge for St. Thomas Aquinas, I think, in a lot of ways, because, you know, Hallandale does get some really good players. They, they, you know, I think this is their first test of the year for St. Thomas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still think St. Thomas wins it. It's just how much how much effort can Hallandale pull, you know, push onto St. Thomas Aquinas and say, hey, you know, we're 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 gonna fight until we're gonna fight all four quarters. We're not gonna give up. You know, mm-hmm. like they did with Miami Central last year, kind of fight that and see maybe. If, hey, if if Allendale, in my mind, if Allendale can just get one or two, you know, good plays that can go their way, that could be a whole mm-hmm. different ball game, and that might go in their favor. But you know, I mean, St. Thomas Aquinas just has the, the the advantage right this second, no matter how you look at it on paper, just with the just with the numbers. If you if there were to be a blowout in this game, well, now we're all expecting a good game because two very good teams matching up here. If there were to be a blowout in this contest, who would you expect to be that team with the blowout victory? Oh, well, at the same time as Aquinas, but I'd, I'd be I would be surprised at the same time it'd be a blowout. But if it's a blowout, then it tells me that you know Hallandale's got some. Well, could we not make still. a case though for Hallandale possibly being that team? Let's say St. Thomas is their first test and things just aren't going right, and you just say you know you collapse a little bit maybe there. You are on the road. You're on a muddy surface. Could... Mm-hmm. Maybe okay. maybe St. Thomas and Thomas gets intimidated there at Hallandale for some reason. You know, I mean, I mean, you got, you got to think maybe I mean, Hallandale does a whole you know maroon or gold, garnet gold, you know just 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 hey, one color out you know i mean i know those teams can do it i mean i i'm a you know it makes me wonder you know you know can they be intimidated going in there going into a place like Hallandale? you know it's it's you know you're used to playing their piccolo all the time you know 
So, you know, that's yeah, the thing. Very, very true, very true. A lot of the big games do occur right there at Brian Piccolo Stadium. This one will not. Again, it's going to be at Hallandale, and, and the forecast is, as it has been for every single week down here in South Florida, has been for rain, uh, 80 to 90% it's looking like right now. So the, the, there will be water. The just pray that the weather guys actually just hold off the rain for a little bit. Yeah, I know. plan on going to this contest, so I would second that you know thought. Um, really don't want to have to pull the raincoat out to watch this contest, but nevertheless, um, should be should be a good one. You care to you care to give us a prediction on that one, or you gonna? Ooh, I, I, I just I, I just go St. Thomas Aquinas. I'm, I'm not gonna put a I'm not gonna put a point spread on it, but let me let me let me just hmm. you, you, you bring up a good point because I'll tell you this. I think. I, I, and it, you know, I've got it as one of the top ten games of the week. You know, because you can't you can't ignore that. You know, and, and I right. understand, yeah, that I understand that the that St. Thomas Aquinas holds a huge advantage. That Hallandale's only won two games against them, and that's the big thing yeah. is that you know, for Hallandale, those two games, you know, it's you know, so people always so it's always like a fifteen two sixteen two advantage, and but you know, this, sometimes you have to throw the record out because you know it's it's a whole different team. You know, you're talking about. But, you yeah, know, there's I a think... mental aspect uh, that's going to take place here. Right. Well, listen, the guy that's in charge of doing uh, predictions, and we talked about him last week, is our guy, Joe Pinkos. Pinkos says St. Thomas by 17 in this contest. So uh, if you're listening out there, um, take that and run with it, do what you want with it. But uh, my man Pinkos says St. Thomas by 17. Let's talk about, let's talk about this. Uh, there were some upsets. Mm-hmm. Um, in right. the in the state last week, um, you run the entire state, and you know what's going on. You're getting all those scores coming in on a Friday night. Was there a bigger upset than South Plantation over Flanagan? Uh, no, no, not when when you look at it from a, from when you consider that Flanagan, Flanagan was nationally ranked at that particular point. No, that was mm-hmm. a huge ups, huge upset of the night. It's just like, whoa, wait a second, what happened here? And then when I yeah, finally uh, I'm reading I, a little bit more. You kind of right. realize, wait a second, it's a special teams effect. That, that you know, I mean, they were, you know, some people have kept harping. It's, we've got a special we, special teams down here for a lot of teams. It's just not that good. Well, there you go again. Well, tough to get special teams coach. Uh, listen, this, these are the hard things to get uh, uh, on on your staff: a special teams coach, an O line coach, a defensive back coach. Tough thing right. to have. Um, I've heard a number of things about last week. Um, the special teams, um, the fact that Flanagan had three key players out that were suspended for the game. But the biggest noise that I've heard, and it's not just about this game, I'm hearing it um, quite a bit. And, you know, I'm coaching, so I'm seeing some officiating on a week-to-week basis. And the biggest deal that was being made were some really, really bad calls that went uh, the way of South Plantation in that game that um, kind of made a difference. What do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on that? What do you know about that? What can you share with us? You know, you know, I mean, some parents were complaining about that, but you know, I look at it this way. I look at it from the other thing. But, you know, those referees are not paid that much, you know, and I think that you know people have to look at it that way and see that you know it's just not, it's not there. You know, you got you got those referees. When they're only making so much, they're trying to do the best job they can possibly can out there. And I don't think, you know, I mean, sometimes, yeah, you might feel bad at officiating, but, you know, that also comes back down to the trading. And I don't want to point, I don't want to point fingers at the, at the, you know, at the refs and stuff like that because it's not really, you know, they're they're out there working, you know, those the hardest what the kids are doing. And I think sometimes you just got to go back and look at what, you you know, those those simple mistakes that you might have made, you know, where it's okay, what, what you know, 
could we have made this field goal in a different position? Could we have done, mm. you know, what could we have done, you know, those extra points? Because, you know, I know that came down to basically missed field goal and extra points, you know, with the score difference. You know, yeah, I, um, to be honest you know, with as, you, as, well, to be honest with yeah, you, I was going to say, really as a coach, you know, one of the biggest things you try to focus on are the things that you control. Obviously, you can't control the officiating, but it's tough. Listen, I was in a game three years ago against Bradenton Manatee, and some people uh, came at me on Twitter about it. Others were supportive because they'd been to Manatee. Um, there have been a number of people who said, when you go out to Bradenton Manatee, watch out for the officiating. And I was in a game, and I'm not one to complain about officiating. I kind of fall on your side with it, but it was it was the worst thing I'd ever seen in person. Um, yeah, officials can make mistakes, but when all the mistakes are being made in favor of the home team, um, it just seems – it just seems crazy. We jumped out to a 21 nothing lead, and then things just got dark on us. So what do you do about that? Because officials in high school have been uh, all the talk for the last couple of weeks with what we had happen in Texas, and there have been a couple of incidents with it. What do we, what do, we do about officiating? There's, there's, there's so much riding on these games emotionally. Well, I think some of it is you need to find referees that are, you know, very much, in my mind, that are neutral, that are not going to favor one score or the other. And I, sometimes I know that's hard, but, you know, you know, you, you got to figure out if they're, if they're, if they, you know, if they, you know, if they've been loyal to the team. I wouldn't, if I was official, I wouldn't want to be officiating any of my alma mater's high school games. That's just because, you of know, course. I wouldn't want to do that. Because yeah, I, everything's I, I scrutinized. Yeah, exactly, and that's where I'd be like, okay, you know what? Send me to some other school where you know I'm going to hold a neutral ground on, you know. Right. And I think you know, I and, and I, know, I don't know necessarily if some officials do that or not. You know, would say, hey, mm-hmm. just put me somewhere else because this is my alma mater. You know, I don't really want to. Yeah, not only that, any any connection, uh, family member playing on a team, family member has a son on a team, anything of that nature, you gotta, I think, put yourself out of that situation. Because, it, you know, if the game doesn't go right, someone – in this day and age, all kind of information is available. It's at and your fingertips. Someone and, finds and, out it's a problem. Yeah, and, and social in, – in the way things are, yeah, you're right. I mean, all it takes is a Google search these days. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt, man. But I'll you tell know, you what. But uh, I'll tell you what. And I'll, I'll tell you what. And all of this, though, with South Plantation of Flanagan, if that score had been 13-12 Flanagan winning, and we wouldn't be here talking about it. We'd just be moving on to this week. No, but you know, there's a talk of if you're just looking on paper, there was a lot of talk of uh, of the penalties. Um, there were 18 for Flanagan, 19 for South Plant. So on top, you know, it was either a heavily, heavily officiated game, or it was the most, it was the sloppiest game played thus far this season. I mean, but 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 when you're saying that, when the number of penalties for each team, and you're saying, and, and sometimes it's like you're saying, oh, well, South Plantation, oh, things were called were going in favor of South Plantation, but look at it, hey, they had one more penalty than Flying, so that kind of, it kind of maybe makes the the, the the point a little diluted in a way about the, the mm-hmm. thing. And sometimes it's coming back down to how did you play the game, and you know, are those players that you were missing, you know, was, was that an issue for for the team? I yeah, think, I, know, think gonna, I think we're going to. I think we're going to see what. Uh, yeah, we're going to see what Flanagan is made of here, okay. um, and what, what's going to be their reaction there. I feel sorry for Western, who's their opponent tonight. I think they're going to put you know a, a, a foot you know where in in, in Western tonight. The whole, but, the so, whole, but the whole biggest thing, but the whole biggest thing now for Flanagan is they've got to win out the rest of the season. You know, mm-hmm. especially with the district slate, because if you know, I mean they they, they got to hope and pray that Sound Plantation somehow drops two games in the process of what's left, because if Sound Plantation yeah. doesn't drop those two games, here here's Flanagan going on the road in the playoffs. 
I don't know if yeah, they're playing no, in one No doubt time. about it. Yeah, yeah, the emergency light is on for them. All right, let's move on to something else. I was going through the rankings on your website, FloridaHSFootball.com, um, and, you know, Mainland's having a very good season. How good is Mainland? I think Mainland, I mean, Mainland is just, you know, they've got the offense, they've got the defense, they've got it on both sides of the ball. I think I think this week will be a real true tell of what, what is Dr. What, what is Mainland really made of when they go to Dr. Phillips? Are they, you know, are they going to just run through Dr. Phillips or are they going to, or is Dr. Phillips going to push back on him? Because Dr. Phillips has taken two tough losses the last two weeks. And that mm-hmm. is, the thing, you know, that's huge. And we wouldn't say that, that, oh, Dr. Phillips is already, you know, oh, we, a lot of us wouldn't, didn't think that Dr. Phillips would be sitting here possibly being looking at two and three at the mm-hmm. midway point. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and here's mainly coming in, and, you know. I mean, I just, you know, I'm, I don't think it's in my mind, you know, this is a good game, but at the same time, it may not be top 10 now, is what it probably was at the start of the season. But, you know, it's still right. going to be a good game for those, you know, especially if Dr. Phillips makes a bounce back and wins it. Yeah, well, I, Joe I Pinko's is predicting. Pinko's predicting a close game here. He says mainland by seven over Dr. Phillips. Um, again, on your rankings, everywhere I've looked, um, with the exception of your mm-hmm. website, has has Hallandale as the number one team in 5A down here. First, can you tell me how are the rankings done on your website? And if, and if uh, you do know that, why Heritage number one over Hallandale, considering Heritage well, has a loss already? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I look. I, I take. A, I take more than just that. The what the record is and the one loss for that week. I, that, mm. That's got to be. I have to. Take, I have to take more into consideration of who they played. What's the strength of schedule like? What's going on around the state in that in, in that particular class? And, and one of the biggest reasons why I've left American Heritage long, and this what this came right after. You know, I I, I put it out there. I after you know the loss of Damatha, I'm like, look. They played a very good Tabatha team. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you look at it, you know, they played them by one point. You know, they probably should have won that game. But I'm not going to sit there and penalize them for losing that way when we knew that the circumstances of that the particular team was very strong, that, you know, it could have gone either way. And, mm-hmm. and I think in my mind is the way that with the special, like the AP poll, it goes, oh, here's here's American, here's, here, oh, because Hallandale, Hallandale won and American Heritage lost, well, we're going to put Hallandale won. It's like, Seems like the easy, like, I, I, seems like the easy thing to do. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. If there are any Hallandale faithful out there worried about it, uh, you win tonight. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're sliding back into that number one spot. In, in my mind, it's I think the way I look at it. It's just it's you, 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 you win the games that you're supposed to win for for one, or or if, right, or if you, if you lose those games that are that you know you're expected to be very close with. Yeah, I can take that. It's when you lose. A game that you're supposed to win, that's where the problem comes in. That's where flying and I split flying and almost all the way down. I mean, it's pretty much you know, you know that that was a yeah. Where, where game was Flanagan in your won. poll last week? I think they're one, eight this week. And, yeah, they were one last week. They were at the top. You know, I started flying that out one. I thought you know Flanagan was a little bit better than the pop cup. Well, you know Flanagan showed me wrong by look dropping that game, and it's like wait a second, well. If you can't mm-hmm. use your players out, and you can't win these games by a good by a good margin that you're supposed to win by a good margin. South Plantation is expected to be one of those games where they were supposed to win a little bit wider than what they you know they lost to. Right. I know it's a one point loss, but you're not supposed to lose that game. 
Terry. He's not supposed yeah, to. Yeah, and I think even I think even Flanagan would ad- admit to that. As mad as they are at the officiating, and you know, I wasn't at the game, but like I said, I've been in a game where I felt like the officiating totally affected the outcome. I think the folks of Flanagan would agree with what you just said there, Josh. Was something strange happened this weekend, um, or this week? I got to today, and it was I haven't you know I've been busy, um, and it was only today that I realized Central is playing Booker T. Well, the last four right. years, you've known weeks in advance. You knew the date of this game, and you circled it or wrote it down somewhere. You put a post-it on your computer screen, and you knew in July the date Central is playing Booker T, and this game snuck up on me on a Friday. What's that say for what's going on? Uh, both teams are down. <laughs> that's, that's, that's yeah, well, without a doubt. One one expressly more than the other. Uh, and just to give you an idea, right. Pinko says Miami Central by 27, by 27 over Booker T tonight. I mean, Saturday. Oh, yeah, and I was just going to, I was just working on a little write-up, actually, that I'm going to be posted on the site in a little bit, and as well as well as going to put the, over the USA Today, you know, this is, you know, looking back, you know, because they've, they've played each other since 2008 in a consistent manner, you know, they've played each other. I mean, you look at the scores, yeah, they've been close all these years, you know, I mean, I mean, Granted, okay, Booker T leads the series four three, even though Miami Central leads the series four three on the field. You know, it's kind of a weird, weird way to say it that way. But it's you know, it's, mm-hmm. when you take that when you take that 2011 game into consideration, then you're like, well, this is what this is what the deal is. But me, this is I mean, in my mind, this is the year for Miami Central to win this game. If Miami Central yeah. cannot win this game, considering what we know about Booker T Washington, that's going to leave me a ton of doubt. If Miami Central can actually run back to Orlando again this year, and be, yeah, be you know, make, um, listen, make it no, no one could really disagree with that statement. Uh, but is this not one of those games where you throw out the records and stuff that you've seen up to this point? Well, I still think I still think you get a state championship kind of an environment because you know everything you know it's it, it doesn't matter. We're still gonna. You know, everybody's still. You know, so a lot of people down there are still thinking, "Hey, they'll make a run back to the state championship games again, and they'll they'll win it again." You know, that's the mindset. You know, and they're, they're, they're saying that you know, throw everything out of the books because you know what, they're, they're going to leave it all on the field come Saturday yeah. night. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, I've got a ton of. You know, the majority of my listeners are from the South Florida area. Uh, before we wrap this up here, give me give me a team in this state that folks in South Florida or just all across the state needs to know about, should know about, that might be flying under the radar a little bit? What's that one team? Well, that one that, that one that one team that I would really like, I mean, to, to be honest with you, I mean, I think there could be several different ones. It depends, you know, which classification are you wanting to focus on and stuff like that. And I think, you know, that particular point, you know, 7A, you know, I think 7A is totally, you know, especially in the north, it's totally wide open. Oakleaf went down last week, which you know that that took so surprised a lot of people. But yeah, I mean, I kind of feel that way about four A, Josh. Yeah, four four A North. You know, that's another area that four A North is going to be an interesting one because there's there's I, I don't necessarily think it might be bowls that might come out of that this year. It could be. It could be a t- it could be it could be Walton it could be Dunnell and it could be South Sumner for all for all that matters. I mean, I mean any of those teams at this point are looking really really good and I would mean I would to be honest with you I'd like to see a little change. <laughs> I mean I'd like to see yeah, a little parity. Yeah, it's been bowls. It's been Booker T. It's been bowls. It's been Booker T. Booker T. Bowls. Uh, this thing looks a little bit more wide open. All right, well we'll have to leave it at that, man. We covered a whole lot here. Big time game. 
uh, tonight at Hallandale. And man, let's let's hope the uh, let's, rain clouds miss that game. Yeah, let's pray that the weather gods actually because you need. I mean, I don't think this would be so much of an issue if Hallandale had field turf. You know, where, where you know Piccolo's got the field turf, I don't think you'd be looking as much of an issue. But when you're playing on grass, ooh. Oh, that's the, the anti. Is that is that even grass? That's the anti field turf over there. I mean, there's some grass fields, and then there's what that is that Hallandale plays on, and it's slop. And uh, you know, you don't want a game like that kind of marred by the field conditions. But hey, it is what it is. We'll see what we'll see what goes down at seven o'clock tonight over there in Hallandale. All right. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, Josh, thanks for coming appreciate on you, as Dad. always, and uh, appreciate you sharing your insight on Florida football here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, appreciate it again, Chad. Thanks a bunch. All right. That's Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com talking high school football across the great state of Florida. I'm going to take a break. We'll be back for the final segment of the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. final segment of the uh, football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. Uh, what a great show we had today. We touched on uh, everything, high school football, college football, NFL football. If you listen to this show, you are only thing left for you to do is get the Tostitos and the drinks. You're ready for your weekend of uh, football, and I don't care what level that's on, man. You know, uh, might want to start hitting a youth segment on here just so we've got everything covered. But uh, so far as high school, college, and NFL football, you are fully covered. We went through the matchups and previewed some of the bigger matchups, both in college and the NFL football. We gave out our picks, and just to recap that for those of you that are interested, which should be all of you in college football, I like Cal as a three-point favorite. Uh, I like UCLA as a three-point favorite. They're taking on Arizona on the road. I like USC as a five-and-a-half-point favorite. They're taking on Arizona State. And so those are the three that I like. Emil, my co-host, likes Ohio State as a 31-and-a-half-point favorite. Thinks they're going to start looking like Ohio State needs to look. He likes Louisiana Monroe taking on Alabama. Uh, Thinks that although Alabama lost last week, doesn't know how gung-ho and fired up they're going to be to uh, beat Louisiana Monroe by 38 points. Alabama just typically has not been that team. And uh, Emil also agrees with me on USC. He is backing his Trojans uh, 
you know, for those of you who are regular listeners, you know that Emil is a USC Trojans fan. And so the both of us do like USC on this. In the NFL, uh, I'm backing the Saints. I think they uh, have to battle back from that embarrassing loss to the rookie quarterback at home and Tampa Bay. I like them as three-point underdogs against Carolina. I like St. Louis returning home after an embarrassing loss to the Washington Redskins. They're taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're home dogs, plus one. I'll take them on that. And I like the local Miami Dolphins. In their battle, their divisional battle against the uh, Buffalo Bills, uh, keeping with the need to handle your business after embarrassment theme, uh, the Dolphins have to snap back. After losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars, that's just, you can't go out and lose again. Uh, my co-host, Emil Calamino, likes the New York Jets against the Philadelphia Eagles, likes them as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. He likes the uh, Baltimore Ravens to get off the schneid and uh, get their first victory of the season as two-and-a-half-point favorites at home versus the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, he's also backing his Dallas Cowboys. So he backs his favorite team in college football, which is USC, and then he's also backing his uh, favorite team in the NFL. He's either going to have one great weekend or he's going to be down in the dumps uh, if this doesn't work out for him. Hopefully he doesn't kiss his sister and get a split on that. Um, So he does like Dallas. Uh, I always like to do this. Uh, and I haven't done it so far this season, but uh, the folks over there at pregame.com, they always put out something really, really good each week with, like, the top trends. I don't know how much you pay attention to this stuff, but I always find it interesting. Uh, pregame.com, RJ Bell puts out the 15 biggest Vegas trends, and here's some for those of you that are interested. Uh, the Bears have covered only 11 of their last 34 games overall, and I did say during our broadcast today that I would back the Seahawks as huge favorites this week. They've got to get the win at home, and they've got a weak Bears team coming in. The Bengals as a road team uh, in Cincinnati, the road team in Cincinnati games, let me say, the road team in Cincinnati games have covered only 12 of the last 38 games, so that would uh, bode well for uh, Amos Baltimore pick. The charges in September are 10-1 and ATS. Who knew? 10-1 and against the spread for the charges in September. The Chiefs, the Monday night game, the Chiefs on the road, lost ATS only four of their last 18 on the road. So the Chiefs apparently are a very strong uh, road team. The Colts versus division opponent, they're undefeated ATS in their last 13 games. That's a strong trend there. Colts versus division opponent, undefeated ATS last 13 games. The uh, Colts following a loss are also 17-2 and against the spread. The, for the Cowboys, Brandon Whedon has lost nine straight starts straight up and against the spread. So that's a big uh-oh for uh, Cowboy backers, if you believe in all this stuff. Uh, a big uh-oh for my Dolphins pick is this. As home favorites, the Dolphins are 12-39 and 39 in their last 51. How about that? The Jags in September are the anti-San Diego Chargers. They are 1-10 ATS against the spread. Uh, that's your meaning of ATS for your novices out there. They're a 1-10 versus the spread in September. They just don't like uh, doing much in September. They don't do much at any time in the year. The Jets is home favorites, 54-90 ATS. That's a big sample size. I don't know what you really make of that. The Patriots, double digits. We did talk about this game. The Patriots is double-digit regular season home favorites, a 4-12 ATS. The Patriots know they're good. They don't need to pound that home necessarily. They do have the Jaguars this week, and they are 13.5-point favorites. The Raiders have lost 15 straight games played in the Eastern time zone. 15 straight losses in the Eastern time zone. 
for the Oakland Raiders. So once they crossed the Rocky Mountains, they just totally turned to extra crap. They're 5-10 and 10 ATS in those games. The Titans at home have covered only one of their last 14. The Seahawks off of two or more straight losses are 14-3-1 versus the spread. Uh, again, Seahawks have to come out and be an impressive. The Steelers, when playing outside of the Eastern time zone, are 1-9 ATS against the spread. 1-9 and nine versus the spread playing outside of the Eastern time zone. So just some interesting tidbits on uh, some of the games that we've got out there. So, uh, again, I don't know how much stock you put in that stuff, but those are the trends. At the very least, you've got to find them interesting. But, uh, again, uh, look, what a great Football Friday show. And, again, we covered it all, high school football, college football, NFL football. You're ready. You're rocking, and you're ready to go. So I want you all to enjoy your high school football games tonight, your college football games on Saturday and Sunday. Come back and see us again on Monday, 10 a.m., same bat time, same bat channel. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.